Welcome to The Big Idea. I'm Douglas Kerr. According to Star Trek, space is supposed to be the final frontier. But today we're turning our attention to voyages of discovery, not in outer space, but in inner space, in the infinitesimally small world of nanotechnology. The term nanotechnology was coined in 1974, my dictionary tells me, but it's formed from the ancient Greek words nanos, meaning dwarf, and techne, meaning art or skill. And I was delighted to learn, also from the dictionary, that techne itself is related to the even older Sanskrit word for a carpenter. So nanotechnology, we might say, is a kind of dwarf carpentry, the manipulation of extremely small materials. The physics of the 19th century developed an understanding of matter on a smaller and smaller scale, and with it, the technology to observe and intervene in it. Recent developments in both science and technology are opening up the micro-landscapes of matter in ways undreamed of even a generation ago, with profound implications for the future of science, medicine, engineering, and everyday life. Undertaking the task of helping me to understand nanotechnology today are Professor Alfonso Ngan, the Kingboard Professor of Materials Engineering at Hong Kong University, and Dr. Ying Chao, Associate Director of Bio, the Bioengineering Program and Associate Professor in the Division of Biomedical Engineering at the University of Science and Technology of Hong Kong. Thank you both for coming in. Now, Alfonso, I'm going to start with you. I mm -hmm. often begin with by asking my guests for a definition, but in this case I'm going to give you a definition, which I got off the web. Nanotechnology is defined as, quote, the branch of technology that deals with dimensions and tolerances of less than 100 nanometers, and especially the manipulation of individual atoms and molecules. Okay, that's the definition. Can you explain the definition? And then try to give us some sense of the size, the dimensions that we're talking about. Well, you have obviously done your homework, Douglas. This is exactly what uh, nanotech Thank means. Uh, nanotech is about technology based on materials or substances that are smaller than a fraction of a micron. Uh, but we are not talking about going smaller than an atom. In other words, we're not going uh, at the subatomic level because uh, if we do that, then we'll, we'll be entering the territory of uh, particle physics, which is already a well-established field with a long history. So to give an idea, a human hair uh, would have the thickness of about 100 microns or so. So materials okay. used in nanotech would be about a thousandth of that. In other words, about 0.1% of that. So uh, in my definition, I, I said dimensions and tolerances of less than 100 nanometers. Um, this is what proportion of a human hair? This would be 0.1 of a micron, and a human hair would be about 100 microns. So so uh, 100 nanometers would be like 0.1% of this, the thickness of a human hair. Okay. That's so that's something helpful. you cannot see with, it, with the naked eye. I find it also very useful to think of it uh, this way. Uh, so if you imagine the diameter of uh, our planet is one meter, then okay. uh, one nanometer would mean the size of a paper clip. God Almighty. Okay, so that's how small, you know, you, know okay. you, can, you can imagine how small that is. No, that, that, that's very helpful. Thank you. So here's a, a, 
excuse me, this sounds a very naive question, but presumably these dimensions can't be seen. No. Even with a fantastic microscope. You can't see at that level. Well, not with the type of uh, microscope that uh, a biological student would use mm. at school, but with powerful microscopes, yes. A powerful microscope could actually reveal the atomic and molecular level sure. of materials. Sure. So you can switch on your, micro your microscope and see these mm -hmm. things in front of you. Yes. yes. You, can, you can observe with electronic microscopes, nanoscale uh, you know, particles, proteins, you know, virus. You know, we have already seen pictures of virus. So virus is typically around 50 nanometer. Okay. So you can see also features on the virus. That means that you can see below 50 nanometer. Okay, well, to me this is almost unimaginably small, but we have to draw a line underneath nano because there's a further dimension below that that nanotechnology does not deal with. Is that right? And this is the subatomic. Uh, that's correct. I mean, uh, um, in fact, nobody nobody should give a very rigid definition of, of what nanotech is and what tech, uh, nanotech should not cover. But as I said earlier, if you go beyond, or if you go uh, uh, below one atom, in other words, if you want to split up one atom, then you are already in the field of particle physics. Right. And that is a long-standing field. Okay. In fact, you get a lot of energy that way. Uh, this is the principle of a nuclear reactor, right. and that is a very well-established field. Okay, so for, for our purposes, let's stay at the level of the atom that we feel comfortable. Yes. Okay? All right, good. So, Ying, um, can you start to tell us some of the areas of inquiry in which nanotechnology can be applied? I and mean, you're particularly involved mm -hmm. in, in the organic side, Alfonso, more in the inorganic. Mm -hmm. So what about biomedical fields and so on. So it's a natural, I would say, a natural marriage between uh, biotechnology and nanotechnology mm -hmm. because of the scale that we have just discussed. Um, so if you think about the size of a cell, the size of a cell is 10 micron, typically. Right. And then if we are talking about 100 nanometer, that or, or below 10 to 100 nanometer, that we are talking about uh, matching with the size of the receptors on the cells. So what are the receptors on a cell? So the cell leads to sense the outside or lead to get signals from outside. Mm -hmm. So these receptors are just like the little antennas on the cells, if you will. And they actually have size around 10 nanometer. Okay. So in other words, if you want to talk to a cell or if you want to enter a cell, you are talking about you know, this nanotechnology, you're talking about using something is in the, in, in the range of 10 to 100 nanometer. So in a, in a way, we're actually trying to mimic what nature has done for a long time, like in virus. You know, virus has obviously, you know, size about 50 nanometer. Why do they choose that size? For obvious reason. And so it's not just, um, you know, the particle or the cell, but also the features on the cells. The features on the particles we want to talk to the cell should be on the nanometer. I, I'm really interested in the way you you talk about talking to the cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can you explain a bit more what you mean by talking to the cell? So we've got we've got the mm -hmm. cell. I imagine the cell is a kind of blob. Yeah. Okay. And then there are you talked about receptors on the mm -hmm. cell. These are things that 
stick out from the cell or are inside So they it. are called receptors, but yeah. I give the analogy they are like the antenna. Okay, but, so... Yes, but in, instead of giving them electromagnetic waves, actually they can respond to waves too, but usually cells communicate with signals that are proteins or some mm-hmm. other biomolecules. And receptors, you know, as I said, has a size around 10 nanometer. And they're communicating through the receptors. Yes, so they communicate with the receptors. Right. So let's say if you want to give a signal to the cells, uh, in, in, in reality, you actually give some molecules there. And these molecules can dock on the receptors and therefore like communicate with the cells. So all this we are talking about the size of around 10 nanometer or so. So if you want to talk to the cells effectively, obviously you want to be at that scale. So that's why I said that there's a natural marriage between nanotechnology and biotechnology. Right, and you, you would not be able to talk to the cell in that way without the, the technology of, of nanotech, which it enables you to get at the receptors. Uh, that is more or less correct. Um, another way you can think of it is um, we also want to deliver things to the cells. I work in the field of deliver, drug delivery, so we want to deliver therapeutics to the cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have heard about gene therapy, mm-hmm. or uh, more likely people use RNAi for therapy. One of the biggest challenges is how to deliver these things to the cells. Now, viruses has been you know, very intelligent, has evolved billions of years uh, doing that. But now, if we are trying to do that uh, using the human way, we are trying to get things into the cells. So we must work on nanoscale. So the, the nanotechnology gives you a delivery system. Mm-hmm. It gives you a way of putting something into the cell, yes. in information or, or yes. stuff, yes. Uh, which then enables you to, to manipulate the mm-hmm. cell, to do something to the cell. Yes. So you can deliver uh, a signals to the cells mm-hmm. uh, in a way that you can tell the cells what to do. So there's a big field right now, I think, that's also getting hot in Hong Kong is the stem cell. So people think about how to make use of the stem cells for therapy. And the challenge there is how to tell the cell to do the right thing. Okay, they're very powerful, but they may not listen to you in a way. Okay, so you, in order to let them follow you, you, you have to give them the signals the right way. And then nanotechnology can enable you to do that. That, that's great, and we'll come back and ask you some more about this in a minute. And I do appreciate the way that you're using quite simple language that even I am able to follow. That's great. Let's see if Alfonso can do the same, because you, you, your work is in inorganic materials. Mm-hmm. So w- what does it involve? Well, on the uh, physical side, nanotech, in fact, uh, rides a lot on the fact that new physical phenomena or behavior can come out when you shrink a material down to the nanoscale. Right. So to give it, uh, one example, uh, like uh, uh, band gap engineering is a very hot field, right? So, so, so that field actually means that for fluorescent materials, mm-hmm. and these are the materials which can emit light if yeah. you excite them one way or, or another, the color of the light that gets uh, emitted can actually uh, depend on the size of the material. So if you strain down the size of the material to nanoscale, and if you make uh, uh, different lumps of the same material of different sizes, the color that can be emitted uh, will change. Um, so therefore, this is a technology uh, which is used in uh, LED, for example. That's why you, right. you get different colors. Uh, 
So 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 this is uh, called band gap engineering. Band, and band gap. Band gap. Engineering. Uh, band gap engineering. Okay. Yes. Another field uh, uh, would be to make use of um, nano size materials, which are ultra strong. Um, so so nano size materials such as uh, carbon nanotubes, for example, they are very strong. Uh, big materials are weak because, you know, by their sheer size, uh, they're bound to be some defects inside them. So okay. if you if you apply a uh, big enough force, uh, these defects can 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 lead to failure. But right. if you have a very small volume of material, by statistics, by chance, um, that material should contain much fewer uh, defects, and therefore they could be very strong. So you have to get down to the to the nano scale. Uh, yes. In in order to smooth out defects, as it were, to, to and strengthen the material, the material in that way. Exactly. So what? nanotechnology is enabling you to then. You're an engineer, right? It's enabling you to create a material that is stronger than anything that you can make without the intervention of nano. Is uh, that right? Exactly. I mean, to give one example, which is not quite nano. If you have a a, a, a glass, right? You mm-hmm. drop it to the floor. You know what will happen. The glass mm-hmm. will shatter, right? But if you have a piece of a whisker of glass, yes. that could be a, a, an optical fiber. So chemistry-wise, the optical fiber is exactly the same as a big piece of glass. But you know that if you flex, if you bend uh, an optical wire, it won't break. This is because of the size effect. So, so again, um, we are talking about the fact that the smaller the material, the stronger will, 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 will be the strength. Okay, I think I'm beginning to get the hang of this. <laughs> Let, let's step back for a moment, and and uh, I want to ask you for a bit about how nanotechnology came about. So I, I mentioned in, in the introduction that the word itself seems to date from 1974. Um, <clears throat> so, Alfonso, let me put this again to you. Did nanotechnology develop just as a kind of, in a natural sequence from from the way things were getting smaller and smaller? Or is there some specific theoretical or technical breakthrough that that brought nanotechnology into being? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, in a sense, it is a, net, a natural development, but at the same time, several breakthroughs mm-hmm. uh, in the 1980s or even earlier than that uh, also made uh, nanotech uh, happen eventually. Can you go back to... Richard Feynman, because mm-hmm. this, this is a name that I've heard Richard of. Feynman, this is in the 1950s, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What? So, so I guess he has this uh, very uh, famous lecture that he talked about. There's plenty of room at the bottom. At the bottom. So I think he raised uh, nice, this yeah. possibility of, you know, trying to manipulate at, uh, of, you know, very... Actually, he's talking about even, like, manipulating at the atom- atomic level, mm-hmm. you know, moving at- atoms. Um, and he, I think he also mentioned, uh, you know, in the biological world and the chemistry world, you know, um, you know how that can be done. So and, the, this is pro- provide some visions that you know. It's it, the vision, right? Yeah, it's not. So it's back in 1959, you've got Richard Feynman saying, S- "Imagine we could do it like this, and and the benefits that might accrue." Mm-hmm. And then, so that that's where you get the question first, and then you get the equipment. So I interrupted you when you you were going on to tell us more about that. Actually, before the nanotech...
age and we were talking about the 1960s or 70s mm-hmm. we already lived in a microtech world not nanotech but microtech micro comes before for, nano for okay. that we mean uh, things like uh, microelectronics integrated circuits and things like that so okay. these are things where you can you can see quite clearly with a bench top uh, school type of optical microscope okay um, uh, and then we're just getting smaller and smaller and then there the the there was a desire to even go for bigger or more more miniaturization right. in, in other words smaller and smaller right. um, so so scientists in various fields have been working towards that goal uh, so in this sense this is a natural development mm. but also as you said there were a few uh, breakthroughs uh, particularly in the 1980s um, um, the critical thing is if you want to have a technology, you must have three capabilities. You must be able to see the material, right? And secondly, you must be able to manipulate the material. Just like if you want to fix a car, you must have some screwdrivers and things like okay. that. And thirdly, you must be able to make the materials in the first place. So uh, a series of breakthroughs in this uh, fronts happened in the 1980s. Um, and as I said, materials used in nanotech are smaller uh, than the thickness of a human hair, and such sizes cannot be seen by our naked eye. Right. So um, one key development was the uh, invention of the atomic force microscope. Atomic force microscope. microscope. Okay. And, 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 and things like that. This is 1980s? This is not, uh, in the middle of 1980s. Okay. Right. Um, and, and such microscopes allow people not just to see the uh, small thing, but also to move them around, as mm. Ying has said uh, mm. just now. Um, so, uh, so these are all the enabling uh, breakthroughs that happened. I think so, the material side also is very important. You know, um, for the bio nanotechnology, it's critical that we can make the materials. So, um, so now nowadays we know we can make you know a sequence of DNA uh, quite inexpensively. Um, okay. We can make peptides. You know sequence of amino acids. Mm-hmm. So basically all the workhorse uh, that in our bodies, they are proteins, they are sequence of amino acids. So now we also have the capability to make them quite easily too in the lab. So these give us a tremendous powers to, to design and think about what materials that can provide us with that kind of uh, behavior that we would like to pursue in nanotechnology. Can, can I ask you, you talk about making things, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> Alfonso was talking about the, the technology of yes. intervention, so first of all, in, in your laboratory, for yes. example, can you tell me in very simple terms what you have? You must have something to enable you to see things, mm-hmm. and then something to enable you to make things. Yes. What, what's the making? So what I mean is that... Uh, when, uh, when we try to, say, do drug delivery, uh, that's what our lab do all the time. Drug, um, drug delivery. Drug yeah. delivery. Okay. So uh, we try to mimic what virus is doing in a lot so of time. So you learn from the virus. Learn from the virus, but we don't use the virus. Yeah. Um, the reason that we don't use the virus is, uh, well, we are we are also an engineer, so we want to be able to uh, have a better control. Okay. Virus, uh, even when... It can be used. It's still, uh, it's like a tamed wild horse, if you will. So it can still <laughs> run wild. Um, but uh, something synthetic that you make from scratch, you have full control. So that's the rationale. So what kind of materials we use uh, in our lab? We make polymers. Mm-hmm. So those polymers cannot be considered 
nanotechnology per se, the polymers are polymers. But the way that we can <clears throat> process the polymers and they can assemble into nanoparticles, then you know they become the carriers of drugs. And then we also work with uh, a few other uh, entities in our lab. We work with peptides. We also work with DNA. Okay. So with peptides, we can design the sequence. And we know that uh, depending on how the sequence are designed, they can also, we call self-assemble. Self-assemble means that you just place them in water and then they just work themselves into something that you like, you know, mm. how wonderful that is. You but you actually have a that. lot of design. So they can assemble into something, look like a virus, but it's not like a virus. Mm -hmm. okay. So they look like it, you know, they can have the features that, that uh, you know, that is like a virus. They can pack the DNA inside and, and they can unwrap, you know, at your will. So these are the fun things that we, we are doing in the you lab. make your work sound very exciting, I must <laughs> say. Let, let's step back out, out of the laboratory for a moment and let me ask you about applications. Mm -hmm. um, because I understand that nanotechnology has enabled a number of uh, applications, uses that, that impact on everyday life and particularly maybe in the in the inorganic, the creation of materials and so on, what does nanotechnology help us to do? Well, uh, band gap engineering, I already mentioned, mm -hmm. that is uh, a technology which... This is which the is strengthening of materials. No, this is, this is oh. the fact that you can get different light, oh, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, different colours of light, okay. uh, by changing the size of the material. Mm -hmm. So that is the supporting uh, uh, physics in, in, in uh, LED technologies. Okay. Uh, another one uh, uh, would be uh, rechargeable batteries. So uh, we want to make batteries with uh, bigger uh, charging cap uh, capacity. Right. And, and charging and discharging actually is about the electrode inside the battery being able to suck up uh, the charged ions okay. uh, inside the battery. Um, so, so one thing nanotech can play a, a big role is that if you make the uh, electrode uh, a nanostructured one, in other words, with a lot of nano holes or mm -hmm. nanoparticles, then you simply increase the surface area, and this and therefore helps the, the battery the, the electrode can suck up more, to more uh, ions. Okay, I think also in the uh, hydrogen fuel cell, too, you know, uh -huh. similar yes. kind of similar uh, phenomena can be used and to, to reduce the cost mm -hmm. and make it more feasible. Okay, what about in the biomedical field then? In the biomedical field, actually there are already products out there, mm -hmm. uh, approved uh, medical products that make use of nanotechnology. Um, right now there are protein drugs that can uh, be used to treat cancer and that can be used to treat um, hepatitis, some viral infections. They are uh, basically some proteins, but you attach to it a polymer. The reason is that the polymer helps the protein to stay <clears throat> in the body for a longer period of time. Um, they sort of is like a is like a safety shield for the protein, if you will. So they can stay there and be more effective. So in, instead of you getting injections every other days, you can get injections every other week. But people are thinking of about taking this technology and developing personalized medicines. So, what does that mean? So, which means that if you have the power to analyze the genomic background of everyone, you can more easily distinguish why certain disease affects you this way and not that way, and therefore, then you can tailor the therapeutics more specifically to a person. 
And so, so for that kind, <coughs> you can also have a sensor developed for that purpose. Instead of a generic drug, you're developing a, a drug specifically yes. to, to suit my physical yeah. makeup and my yes. medical problem. If you're a different kind of engineer, Alfonso, if you were a civil engineer, I would imagine you might get very excited about bridges and, and travel the world, look, look at bridges and feel very proud of bridges that are made. How do you feel about these nano things that you can hardly see? Well, I guess all of us are, are very excited. Uh, but one difficulty, obviously, is to when we want to show what we're doing <laughs> to other people because, you know, you really really cannot bring everybody to your own lab and, 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 and jam your heads together and look down upon mm. a very expensive microscope, yeah. right? Um, but in, in, in my lab, uh, we, we, are, we are studying a type of nanoporous materials which would bend if you give them uh, some electrical signal. So mm -hmm. in, in that sense, they behave like a human muscle. Uh, um, and this is very, very exciting. Yeah. Um, and another project that we are doing is uh, we, are, we are studying a novel way, a new way of killing uh, uh, leukemia cells just by shaking them mechanically. Um, so these are very small, right? As mm. I said, again, already said that how 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 small a cell mm. uh, is. Yes. Yes. So you have to use very specialized equipment to pick up every one of them and shake them. So you the, shake them. And yes. This, this kills them. Yes. If you shake them at the right frequency, they will die. Um, so so the equipment that we're using is called optical tweezers. Which is like a pair of chopsticks, Optical right? So you use you use yeah. uh, you know these chopsticks to pick up each cell and then shake them at a suitable frequency, then they would die. Cell by cell. Cell by cell. Mm -hmm. It sounds like magic to me. <laughs> yes, I uh, share with uh, Alfonso's view. Every time someone would say, "Oh, your lab is doing exciting work. Can we come and have a lab tour?" I say that's that's really nothing much well, to see. They come to look at the equipment, but not the not the things that we're dealing with. Yes, but they uh, can peer into the microscope, perhaps, we, and we can, see something. Uh, we can try to ask them to use that imagination yes. <laughs> to think about the exciting things that's going on. Okay, but we've we've almost run out of time. But just um, before we stop, I'd like you to say something about where you think that nanotechnology might be going. So uh, what I am hoping actually is to see some of the works that have been going through for the, in the lab for a long time. Um, for example, gene therapy, mm -hmm. you know, using non-viral delivery, or you know, nowadays RNAi too. Some of this can actually uh, become fruitful in the sense that it can be translated. On the material side, I think uh, we will see. Um, more uh, knowledge being generated, um, knowing, you know, f um, in bound nanotechnology, how the cells respond to those signals, mm -hmm. and then not just looking at the tissue or cell level, but subcellular level, looking okay. into cells because actually inside the cells there are also a lot of interesting things going on, and now you can make things smaller and smaller. So with optical tweezer, we have, and then um, so the. <coughs> The technology is just going to become more and more sophisticated, more and more detailed, and more and more efficient. What, what, where might this go in your field, Alfonso? Well, uh, it's actually not just my own wish. Uh, a lot of people are having the same dream, which is uh, if we can get uh, nanotech to 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 be combined with uh, 3D printing. Mm 
Oh, right. 3D printing is another very uh, hot technology being yeah. developed right now, uh, which is a technology where you can print materials layer by layer, and then you build up a three-dimensional uh, structure with height, right? So if we can combine nanotech with 3D printing, uh, hopefully one day we may be able to print, you know, building blocks of life, like cells, tissues. Uh, uh, if that day comes, it'll be great. Then you have something to show in your lab. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, my thanks to uh, both my guests, uh, uh, Ying Chai and Alfonso Man. Thank you very much for thank helping you. us out with nanotechnology. Thank you. My pleasure. And thank you for listening.